Welcome to the world of Aeora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the World of Aeora. I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. 42. Thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode. Here at World of Aeora, we like to look into the history, lore, and game mechanics of Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 as we gear up for the release of Avowed, which a lot of us are hyped about right now. We don't really know much about the game, but since all those games share the same fantasy setting, the idea is if we look into the ones that already exist, we can gain some insights as Avowed undergoes development. Lately, I've been doing a character creation series where I've been going through the character creation tool for the Pillars of Eternity games, and we've been looking at the lore that's in there and speculating what we might see in Avowed, as well as just geeking out about some of the stuff that we already love in the game. I've looked at different cultural backgrounds, we've looked at a couple of the classes, and, we looked at, and we've looked at some of the races. Today, I want to stop and take a look at one of the original races that are created for this world. Now, if you've been involved in fantasy games before, you'll have heard a lot of the mainline ones, elves, dwarves, and humans, for example. Uh, You'll see those in Aeora quite a lot, and you'll see those in other fantasy settings as well. But Obsidian has made three unique races for this world as well. Those three races in particular are the Godlike, the Orlans, and the Amawans. And I've already had an episode about the Godlike. If you want to check that out, go uh, check out my episode about that. I think it's like two or three ago. And today, I want to overview Amawans, one of the original races for this world. There's no news to go over about the game today, um, so we'll just dive straight into the lore. I'm curious. What exactly did you find there? The mighty Amawa are the largest of the kith races and are commonly found in or near oceans. Though not truly aquatic, they have an affinity for water and many of their civilizations, such as Rawatai, are based in naval dominance and they are known for their unparalleled strength. That is the official write-up for an Amawan character when you're in the character creation tool and you highlight the option for Amawa, that is the description it gives you. So if you're a fresh new player in the game, you've never played Pillars of Eternity before, that is the only information they offer you, other than the visual uh, character model for an Amalgam character. What they tend to look like are these very, very tall creatures, and they have this sort of two-toned bodies where they have a kind of regular uh, skin with a, a variety of different colors, and there seems to be a sort of waving pattern amidst the skin itself for another tone. As we dive into the lore for them, we learn that they're also a very aquatic type person, which we've also kind of covered by just reading the description earlier on, that they have an affinity for water. And as a result, if you were to meet an Amawan in person, you would notice that their skin might have more aquatic tendencies to it. I don't know if that means they'd be quite at the level of having fish-like skin, but they would probably have webbed toes or hands. Um, And it might have a texture about it. Who knows? That's maybe a little more oily or not. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if it would be more or less oily at that point, but uh, we probably have a different skin type like that. Let's go back to this original descriptor before we dive any further, and let's see what it says here that we can keep our minds on as we continue on through this episode. Now, it says right off the bat, the mighty Amawa are the largest of the kith, and this is uh, resembled in-game by their bonus to the might statistic. Uh, they get a plus two to might. Uh, Just like in any fantasy game, whether it be a tabletop game like Dungeons & Dragons or a fantasy game like Pillars of Eternity, there are a set of statistics that apply to our character. So in Pillars of Eternity, there is might, there's dexterity, constitution, resolve, perception, and intellect. 
the the Amalans get a plus two in the might category and nothing in the other one. So they are very strong characters, both physically and volitionally. And it says that they are the largest of the kith creatures as well. And this is very true. When you're in the character creation model, you can see the different races standing next to each other, or at least you can kind of compare it as you scroll through them. And the Amalan is far taller than any of the other races that you see in the world of Aora. So they are these big beefy boys, you know, they're tall and they are wide. Um, continuing on into the description, it says of uh, the mighty Maur, the largest of the Kith races. Kith is kind of the word that are used for these sentient civilizations, these dominant races that exist in Aeora right now. Those are the Kith races. Uh, Amauans are commonly found in or near oceans. This is made more notable when you look at the sub races for Amauans. There are two sub races that you can choose from. So like if you choose an Amauan character, uh, then the tool for character creation says, okay, you have to pick a sub race. Which one are you going to pick? Are you going to pick Island Amaua or Coastal Amaua? And both of those are reminiscent of being near oceans. So it tells you how much of an affinity they have for water. Uh, the description goes on to say they're not truly aquatic, so they don't live in the water, but that they do have an affinity for it. And many of their civilizations, such as Rawatai, which is one of the mainline old empires that exist in this world, are based on naval dominance. And in fact, the Rawataian navy is the most powerful navy in the world of Aeora, and the Rawatai is primarily comprised of Amauan people. Now, to dive deeper into the official lore for Amawa, if you own Pillars of Eternity on PC, I think specifically the Definitive Edition, or if you are a backer back when Pillars of Eternity was in its Kickstarter phase, known as Project Eternity, you will have received a collector's book, and it's kind of this little book that outlines what the world of Aeora is, a lot of the lore for the first game. And on page 39, when it starts to dive into the Kith species that exist in this world, the very first species that they talk about are Amawa. And so this is where you can dive further into the lore. So I'm going to read through this, and we're going to give commentary as we go. The Amawa are a large race that originated and typically live and work in warm oceanic climates, which is something we've already talked about. Though they are not the most widely traveled racial group in the world, that distinction belongs to either the Caledran humans or the Aptapo dwarves. Um, it's the, the dwarves pretty much take the cake in terms of traveling the world the most. They have been exploring and settling continuously for the longest period of time, over 20,000 years. Now, this is actually quite notable. If you go to the timeline for Pillars of Eternity, and you go to the earliest entry that we can find in the lore, at like negative 17,000 years, the first entry is, Amawa begin dispersing from their original lands, continuously exploring and settling into new lands. And then in 5,000 years from that, so like negative 12,000, a mass migration results in the Amawa differentiating into coastal and island Amawa. So way before we talk about anything else in Aeora, the Amawa already exist in this world, and they have been slowly evolving and uh, changing their physiology as they've been living in the world and exploring and settling in new places. So the Amawa are one of the oldest civilizations in the game, and this is something to pay attention to once you start to get to some of the more spoil spoilery areas of the lore regarding Aeora's history. Uh, going back to the collector's book, Amawa have two widely divergent ethnicities that are geographically separated by thousands of miles, likely due to a huge migration that took place over 15,000 years ago, which we had actually just talked about. Amawa are not found in large numbers in any heterogeneous culture, but when they do integrate into non-Amawan cultures, they tend to assimilate fully. 
Uh, so it says here basically that when the Amawa are in a culture, they tend not to form like one Amawan culture. They tend to assimilate into the cultures around them. Or if there are a large group of Amawans in one area, they tend to form their like own mini societies and their varied cultures and groups instead of just being one unified racial and heterogeneous culture, which is kind of seen when you go to Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, and you interact with the Huana culture. The Huana are these disparate tribes of Amauan peoples in the Deadfire Archipelago. And even though they're all referred to as Huana, technically, if they differ from island to island how they actually work out their culture and how their local government works out. They're all referred to as Huana because I think they all have the same ancestry, but they don't all follow the exact same culture. Now, th there is a mainline culture that kind of exists in the Deadfire Archipelago. It's the, just the most prevalent one. But you know, technically from island to island, there's a different culture amongst the Huwana wherever you go. They are occasionally found in Deerwood, the Valian Republics, Rayadseris, and rarely in a deer. They are most often found in or near port cities. Uh, this is why that you will see them a lot in Rawatai and why they're the most prevalent race in Rawatai. Because the Rawatai actually is just short for Rawatai Gulf. And it is an area that is completely bombarded by oceanic storms as well. So it's a very ocean-heavy place to be. It's, it's, it, the the Rautai is not just this massive continent. Well, it might be a massive continent. We don't actually know a lot about it. But there's a, it's a very ocean-focused. And we see the Amauans as well in the Deadfire Archipelago, which is just a spattering of islands in this one region of the ocean. You're not going to see them very much in other locations, especially not a deer. And I suspect that's just because... A, a deer is very far away, so it's not that easy for them to get to from the main area that they come from, which is either Deadfire or Rawatai. And the other reason being that a deer already has people that live there, the Adirans, and there's not much to explore and settle there. There's, I guess there's a lot to explore, but there's not a lot of places for them to settle because it's already been settled by people. So you probably only get people who are from Amauan cultures that want to explore the area, but not a lot settling. Uh, the Deerwood, Valian Republics, and Raid Saris make sense because of the proximity to Deadfire Archipelago or the Rawatai Gulf, which is where a lot of Amauans come from. So it makes sense that you would see some there, but they're still very rare. Like, you don't see a lot of Amauans in the Deerwood. Uh, you'll see a bunch of them when you're playing the game, but it's notable that there's not a lot compared to the other races in that region of the world. Amaua are physically distinct from other races due to their towering sides and their inverted triangle physique. They have odd skin and hair color and textures, and an odd head shape. Amawa natural lifespans are typically between 70 and 115 years. So comparable to that of a human, but they can typically go beyond what a normal human can go on. And I'm talking about humans, I guess, from like my own perspective of how long I'll probably live for. I'm imagining humans didn't live quite as long in uh, the world of Aora, at least at this time in their technological history. So it's at this point that we actually stop and we take a look at each of the sub-races of Amawa because as we discussed in the timeline a long time ago the Amawan race kind of diverged into two distinct types of Amawans one being the island Amawa one being the coastal Amawa and this is where we'll kind of discuss the little distinctions between them. The most common way that non-Amawa distinguish regular Amawa is between the southern quote-unquote island Amawa and the northern quote-unquote coastal Amawa. Southern Amawa, which are the island Amawa, are physiologically similar, though still in common in the Deerwood, which is where the first Pillars of Eternity game is played. Island Amawa are more commonly encountered than coastal, who are quite rare. 
When encountered around Deerwood, they are often laborers, fishermen, or sailors. You know, that makes sense. They're they're big, beefy boys, so they make great laborers because they can do a lot of the heavy lifting. Fishermen or sailors because, you know, they're very water affinity people. So these are the features of an island Amawa. They have higher body fat relative to the coastal ones, not in general, uh, very wide nose bridges and widely spaced eyes, round or square faces, upturned prominent eyes with epicanthic folds, long skulls with prominent domes. Hair does not grow on the crown of the head, slightly webbed hands and feet below the second knuckle, long arms, tiny ears that can barely protrude from the head. Their skin is often in warm tones, often brown or yellow, running into a fish-like white. Their hair, if there is any, is clay red, copper, green, brown, black, and uh, it's wavy or kinky in textures. The eyes are yellow, silver, blue, copper, or hazel. And so those are the island Amawa. Now, if you are going to select Island Amawa in the video game, they give a little description there as well, so that at least you have an idea of what the subrace is you're picking. And this is the description for Island Amawa in the game. Island Amawa originated in the Deadfire Archipelago, a thousand miles south of the Valian Republics. While physiologically similar to their coastal cousins, the coloration of Island Amawa is starkly different. Brown and yellow, contrasting the coastal's blue and green. Though still uncommon in the Deerwood and surrounding environments, Island Amawa are more commonly encountered there than coastal Amawa, who are quite rare. When encountered around the Deerwood, they are often laborers, fishermen, or sailors. Some of this is just a repeat of the lore that we've already read. So that is Island Amawa. Moving on to the other subrace of Amawa, we have coastal Amawa. Now, coastal Amawa, it says here in the lore that they are dwelling primarily in the northern hemisphere. The so-called coastal Amawa lived in a conquered mainland region, mostly along the coast. These Amawa cultures are more centralized and urban than their southern counterparts, though they are still involved in seafaring. While it isn't accurate to think of island Amawa as peaceful and coastal Amawa as warlike, that is exactly how many people in Deerwood view them. The reason that we hear a lot of references to Deerwood is because this lore came out for the first Pillars of Eternity game, which is centralized in the Deerwood area, so a lot of the lore is from that perspective. The reason for this is connected to the ancient campaign of war in which the Amawa pushed Thirton, Natlin, and Orlin communities out of a number of territories. Um, those three names, Thirton, Natlin, and Orlin, are just different races and subraces that exist in the world of Era. Because this successive series of wars allowed the Amawa to resettle the northern lands, it is vaguely recollected in many people's minds. So there's a connection in people's minds to the coastal Amawa being the more warlike Amawa than their kind of peaceful island Amawa. Uh, but this is not necessarily the case. The coastal Amawa are just a little more uh, explorative, and they like to settle in areas more. They have a well-developed navy, and they're exploring the world. And as a result, you have to be able to fend for yourself. You have to be able to fight against people who are going to fight back against you. So it's not that they're necessarily just violent or aggressive like that in their nature, but I think it's just sort of had to happen as a result of the way they are wanting to live their life in the world of Eora, the way they are wanting to explore it. I think that those are just kind of the things that people are going to hear about and think about the most. Coastal Amawa are more common in a deer than in Deerwood or surrounding areas, but when they are encountered, they are often mercenaries, bodyguards, or soldiers. So we see right here a staunch difference between Coastal Amawa and Island Amawa. Island Amawa, they are typically found in other locations as laborers, fishermen, or sailors, because they have an affinity for the ocean. Coastal Amawa, they also have an affinity for water in the ocean, but they are more about exploring the world and settling in new regions. And quite often, they can be hired as mercenaries, bodyguards, or soldiers. So they are not just, they're not just a violent group of people, but they 
are enterprising when it comes to the area of might and military and war. That is something that they have become good at in developing their navy and exploring the world. And it's no wonder that people in the world, as they get to hear stories of the coastal Amawa doing their thing, that they would start to relate them to a more violent way of life. These are the physical features of a coastal Amawa. We typically see them with very wide nose bridges and widely spaced eyes, rectangular or square faces, contrasting an island Amawa, which might have a more oval or circular face as well. Uh, narrow almond or rounded eyes, long skulls with prominent domes, slightly webbed hams and feet below the second knuckle, long arms, tiny ears that can barely protrude from the head. So a lot of similarities from island and coastal, but just very small differences. I imagine that a lot of non-Amawa people look at an Amawan and they think, oh, they all look the same, which is you know, sad but true. And a lot of the Amawans will look at each other and be like, no, we're clearly different. How do you not see the differences between the two of us? Um, like, for example, like the eyes are completely different here. Uh, there's no epicanthic folds with the coastal Amawa. Um, the facial structure is even a little bit different categorically. There is not a rounded facial structure to the coastal Amawa. However, the big thing that's going to give them away is the next part, which is the skin tones. So the island Amawa, which we talked about before, have warmer skin tones, whereas the coastal Amawa will have cooler skin tones, often blues, grays, or greens, and running into a fish-like white. The hair, if there is any, is silver blonde, strawberry blonde, brown, and is straight or wavy, versus the island Amawa, which has that kinky texture. The eyes can be yellow, silver, blue, gold, green, or brown. Now, surprisingly... This is actually most of the lore that we have for Amawa, at least before we have to start diving into like a little more of the specific pieces of lore regarding uh, specific NPCs or characters in history or speculative things that aren't necessarily canon. Uh, this is actually really all we have about the Amawa. The majority of our exposure to this race and culture is actually not in the first game, but the second in the second game, your character goes to the Deadfire Archipelago where we interact with two particular groups uh, in the world. The first being the Huwana, and the second being the Royal Deadfire Company, which is a company that originates out of the Rautian Gulf. And so if you're interested in the Amawan characters, Pillars of Eternity 2 is where you're going to get a lot of exposure to them. Um, and uh, to kind of contrast the two sub-races, the Huwana culture is a island Amawa culture, and the Royal Deadfire Company is an extension of the Rauhatian Empire, which is comprised mainly of coastal Amawa. So we get the contrast between those two there. But in Pillars of Eternity 1, we don't really see a lot of them. Of course, we do interact with NPCs. There are There is one main companion, Kanarua, who is a chanter in the first game. A wonderful companion to have, uh, super jubilant, and quite hilarious at times. Um, as well, there are uh, some Amawan characters that give quests or that are part of quest lines and, and whatnot. So you do see them in Pillars of Eternity 1 as you're exploring the Deerwood, but they're not very prevalent, and whatever lore we do learn is very sparse. So if you're very interested in the Amawa, I recommend diving into the second game to really get exposed to those two factions, especially the Hawana culture, which really gives you a rich view of what a culture can look like when it is mainly Amawan. Um, and, and interestingly enough, actually, the relationship between the Royal Deadfire Company from Rauhatai and the native tribes of the Huwana culture in Deadfire Archipelago uh, show that even though they have the same ancestry as Amawans, they're not at all loyal to each other. And they very easily will go at war with each other or have conflicts. The Huwana and the Royal Deadfire Company are just two of a few factions that you 
interact with in the game that you have a lot of influence over and on. Uh, before we dive into some more of the gameplay mechanic stuff about Amauans, I just want to quickly talk about uh, a little bit of the flavor that the Amauan cultures can have uh, as were written by the developers over at Obsidian. It's written in places that the stylistic elements for the Amauans take from Japanese and other Polynesian cultures, but they are there's definitely a influence that comes from those cultures and i love looking at the names from different places i'll give you some names here just uh just looking at the pillars of eternity wikipedia page we can look at some of the names that are here and if you actually go and look up some of the imagery for this rich race that exists in this world you can even see the influences there and how they are stylized so there is the main companion that you get in the base game kanarua uh, there is another companion you can get later in the game maneha there is also people like Igrun, Ranga, Tuatanu, Jason, Beertwin, and those are all just in Pillars of Eternity 1. Pillars of Eternity 2, we see a lot more. Uh, you can have people like Aharu, Heitu, Kuarno, Kusi, Marihi, Mimariko, Tengara, Tengua, Tumara, Ekenu, Botaru, Okwaru, Pekeho, Waturi, Waheta, and uh, Prince Aruhi, and and so on and so forth. So those are just some names to to get a kind of feel for the stylization that they go for with them. Now, to get a little bit more into the gameplay aspects, if you are going to get into Pillars of Eternity or you're thinking ahead to Avowed what kind of character an Amawan might be, um, uh, note this, that the Amawan, as we've mentioned before, are very big, big, beefy boys. Uh, so they're super strong, but they're also very big. If you are looking to play a barbarian-type character or a fighter or perhaps even a paladin, this might be a useful one for you to have because they are very strong. This is something that you're going to want to have heavy hitters for. They don't necessarily have a higher constitution inherently, so whether or not they can take a lot of hits isn't something that might be true, but if you want something that dishes out a lot of damage, then these are the guys that you can use to maximize that efficacy. I don't know if size of our characters are going to come into play for the world of Eora when we're playing in Avowed, if like if you're too big of a character that you can't squeeze into tight spaces, for example. So I don't know if that's going to come into play and in how you complete quests when we're playing Avowed. And if Avowed is being played in the Living Lands, which is kind of the mainly accepted rumor at this point, but it is still just a rumor. We don't actually have it confirmed for sure. The Living Lands have a variety of explorers and settlers here, so there's a decent chance that you'll see a equal amount of Amawa to anyone else. You'll very likely see a lot more Adiran humans and elves in the Living Lands than anything else, but I would not be surprised to see a lot of coastal Amawa specifically in the Living Lands. So we might have some pull, you might have some unique characters that you can align with by being an Amawa you might be able to gain their acceptance quicker and maybe sideline some quests or be able to get ahead in some quests but I suspect that particularly Amawans are going to be most useful and avowed for the type of character you want to play specifically if you want to play a character that hits big and hits hard um, they just like it might be uh, not really beneficial if you want to squeeze into tight places but there might be some things about being a big person that makes you more intimidating or allows you to uh, access unique dialogue options being so big you know, who knows that's my prediction for what we might have in a, in avowed 
I still suspect that Amaoans are going to be a little more exotic in the Living Lands if we play there for Avowed because they are not a race that we see everywhere, but you know, we don't really have any information on even where in the history of the world of Aora that we're going to be playing if we're playing in the Living Lands at all. We don't actually know. So that's all we have for the Amauan race today. Surprisingly not a lot, despite the fact that they are very important in the world of Aora and that they are one of the six races that you can play as in the game. Surprisingly, I'm thinking back, I've never actually played an Amauan character in any of my playthroughs. I've played all the elf characters, a couple of the human ones, and, and uh, some godlikes as well. I have not played as an Amauan character, so I'm thinking maybe I should go back and try again, especially... Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. I imagine that there's a lot of unique dialogue options in that game that exist that I wasn't even aware of. If anyone listening to this has played through either game as an Amaoan character, let me know if there's anything interesting I should keep an eye out on, or if there's any unique dialogue options you got, or unique encounters for being an Amaoan person. Um, there's obviously stuff I can research and find that come up in the game, but you know, I'd like to hear your experiences of it. If you want to reach me, you can find me on Twitter, at World of Aora. That's the podcast Twitter. I also have my own personal Twitter going up because I'm starting to branch out into different areas of content creation. So if you want to follow my personal account, it's at Gingerino42. And yes, for those of you at Keen Ear, that is a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, if you want to email me for the show, the email is worldofaora at gmail.com. As a side note, uh, completely out of the world of Aora, if anyone out there is interested in any of the work that I'm doing and other content creation, I have just joined on as a co-host for a Fallout-themed podcast called The Fallout Roundtable. Um, it's still early on. We are trying to figure out who we are in terms of content creators and being creative people, uh, but it's been a fun little group of the five of us getting together and talking about different concepts and things in the world of the Fallout games. So if anyone out there is interested in Fallout and you're wanting to hear general discussion or roundtable discussions or conceptual questions about that, feel free to check that out. That's Fallout Roundtable on most podcast platforms, and you can find that on Twitter at FalloutRTB. Um, or if you want to follow, again, my personal Twitter at Gingerino42, I will leave updates there on whether episodes are posted or what's going on there. Um, I don't want to talk about too much because this is all supposed to be Aora stuff, but putting it out there in case anyone's interested. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode where we dove into an overview of the Amauan race that exists within the world of Aora, a unique race that Obsidian has created for its story. Personally, I hope we see a lot more of the Amauan people in Avowed, that we get a little bit more um, diving into the specific lore or history behind there, especially since they're such an ancient race and set of cultures in the world. Like, they existed, as far as we can tell, before a lot of the other races became prevalent. Like, what kind of histories and secrets are there for the Amauan people if you were able to go back far enough? In the world of Aora, there is a field of science known as animancy where you can look at people's past lives, and I'd be super interested to see if you were able to trace a soul's history back to one of those early Amauan cultures, what kind of things you would see in Aora 15,000 years ago. But I'm rambling on now. Anyways, thank you guys so much for joining me on today's episode. I've been your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. 42. And I'll see you guys next time.